Listen up, listen up. Welcome to Christ is My Culture. I'm your host, Terrell Pitts. This is where we aim to encourage, inspire, and motivate people to live the faith and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Abe, and I have here with me... My name is Brad Nelson, Apostle in Life Dimensions in North Carolina. Thank you for having me with you. Guys. No problem anytime, brother. I'm Brian Telercio. I'm the young adults pastor here in Norwalk, Connecticut at Word Alive Bible Church. It's good to be here, man. Thank yes, you. No How you doing? I'm Terrell Pitts. I'm an elder at Evangelistic Deliverance Ministries. And I also have a, a podcast show, Christ is My Culture. Amen. Yeah, so we're just going to be talking about some things that God has been doing in these past uh, few months or so. Um, and we've been seeing a lot of the protestings and riotings, but also the exposing within the uh, governments and in the cities and, and how God is doing an amazing thing all at the same time. So we are going to be here today just talking about um, some of the things that have been going on through race, um, through politics and what's going on locally in our cities, um, every single one of us here. Um, is coming from uh, or living in a different uh, city. Uh, we have Terrell coming from Waterbury. Brian and I, we live in, uh, um, in uh, Norwalk here locally. And my brother here, he's coming actually from uh, North Carolina, right? Yeah, so in every single uh, city or state that um, we all live in, we see God is actually doing a move. We're seeing people coming together. But at the same time, we want to encourage the believers that have kind of fallen astray um, from the word of God and they have fallen into the agenda of the world. And we are here today to be a representation of people of all different colors here, right in this room. Um, but we are Christian first. We love Christ and we love the word of God and we, we love the youth. We love this generation and we want to see people being saved and not looking to the world or culture or what history has to say, but what God has to say first, most importantly. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to have Pastor Brian just open up with an opening statement for here. Okay. Uh, I, I want to start by kind of branching off what you were talking about, about not being led astray by uh, any kind of agenda that is being perpetuated by the media or thinking in the way that the unbelieving world thinks. Because what, what's been happening is... After George Floyd, you know, a lot of people, it really disturbed them, and rightly so. Uh, but as a fallout of that, in, especially in churches who want to address the subject, who want to now, you know, stand for justice and speak up for justice, what you see a lot happening is churches now beginning to apologize for having a race problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Churches now apologizing for having a race problem, even if they're not having a race problem. We're letting what's happening in the world dictate what happens to us. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the world is talking about we still have a race problem, and the church has just been kind of rolling over, showing their belly, and saying, yep, we're guilty, we have a race problem. Where really, our message ought to be, in Jesus Christ, we, can't, we don't have such a problem. Right. You know, in Jesus Christ is where we're all one. Our message to the world should be, 
you guys are having a really difficult time with a race problem. Why don't you come to Jesus Christ where humanity works Amen. the way God intended humanity to work? At, at Word Alive, it, we've got black, white, Hispanic, Filipino, Italian, like a very multiculturally diverse place. And there's no strife because of race in, in Word Alive mm. or in, in probably the great majority of churches across the country. That isn't to say if there is a race problem in your congregation, it should be dealt with and repented of. But if everyone is acting the way we're supposed to act in the church, the church is the place where there isn't a race problem. Right. Where we're all one, where we're all brothers and sisters. So just because the world says there's a race problem happening, the church should be like, not with us. Come to Jesus Christ. Amen. That's, right. that, that's where you're going to find people who love God supremely and who actually love their neighbor as themselves. Amen. So that, that's where I'll, I'll start off there. churches that they don't follow the message of Christ, but they label themselves under Christianity. Yeah. And so there's many churches that you will find racism in, you'll sure. find injustice in, because the full message of the gospel isn't being preached. And I really believe wherever the full message of the gospel isn't being preached, you're going to find hate, you're going to find racism, you're going to find um, women being treated wrong, you know, just like any other race. Christianity is the only... Um, Christianity is the only religion you can ever find in the world that uplifts women. You know right, what I'm saying? Oh, Christianity absolutely. is, I look at it in a way where at the cross, Christ draws all cultures to come to him, mm -hmm. regardless what nationality, regardless what nation they come from. But we live in a time where there's different things that we're seeing. Like, I can honestly say, like, in my church, I don't see racism, but I know, I understand and I know. Like, if I go certain places, there can be racism. Absolutely. You know, because you travel throughout Connecticut, you travel throughout you, you travel throughout America, you travel, you get around enough. Whether it doesn't face you, eventually you're going to face it. And when, when you face it, you know, it, it actually confuses you because it actually confused me where mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I thought, you know, this this is the gospel you guys are preaching. And it's like, no, it's not the true gospel they're right, preaching. Right. You know, and I think Absolutely. that's what confuses people. But what you said, there are churches that uphold the gospel. And when you preach the real gospel, salvation, healing and deliverance goes forward. Freedom goes forward. And, you know, like color doesn't color doesn't matter like i look at you like yo you my brother right you know what right. i'm saying Amen. you know so what so so what you're saying as well too so not even in the secular world he was talking about but he's saying even within the churches mm -hmm. there are people that are and pastors that are preaching false doctrines and there is a a race agenda there is in a sense of favoritism there are agendas so it's even sometimes even can be more discouraging that the fact that it's even happening inside the churches yeah. where we have a gospel that says that this kind of thing shouldn't exist in the church and we're called to uh to priesthood royalty mm -hmm. um and i don't believe that there's race or color you know labeled in the scriptures mm -hmm. it says all who believe in christ you know, all, all. so they all, there, all, you know, so the word is all so, but it's the fact that you're saying that it's even in the churches that you've experienced it in the church. That is, um, a shocker, you know, yeah. it can be something that, uh, maybe discourage you if you're, if your faith isn't strong or you can mm -hmm. lead you to, to acting out and rebellions and, and, and 
maybe not people, wanting to have a relationship with God yeah. anymore. You know, so that, that's that's some very good. You point that, that out, and they look at it's, it's sad, but people will look at the flaws in the church, and they'll look at that as if that's God. When it's like that's yes. not God. Plenty of times the Bible talks about, especially in Romans eight, about the flesh and the spirit. You can be black, white, Spanish, Chinese, anything. But there's a line where you can be in the spirit or you can act in the flesh. Right. And I think what happens is people from the world, when they come to the church and they, and they see the church not preaching the true gospel, you understand what I'm saying? And it, it pushes them, it can push them away from God, yeah. you know, all together because they think, oh, the church, that's God. You know, yeah. they, they connect. Don't get me wrong. Christ is the head of the church. You understand what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, People, God has given us free will where we can either will to do God's will or we can will to do our own will. Mm -hmm. right? Jack, I think sure. you know, there's a there's a situation where Paul confronts Peter about mm -hmm. Peter's hypocrisy. And yeah. he says, I confronted him to his face because he wasn't straightforward about the truth of the gospel. Oh, and I think we don't confront these issues face first. We hide them and hope that they'll go away. Or when times like this begin to bubble up, we don't know how to confront them. I call it a maturity issue too. And that's mm -hmm. a charity issue, but a maturity issue because um, in order to handle a giant, you got to be mature enough to handle it so you don't fight according to some terms. So we got to be straightforward with the truth of the gospel that, yeah, there is a problem with us showing partiality, not just on race, but gender. Some women can't preach because they're women. Uh, there's issues with denominations. There's issues with economic differences. So all this stemming from, you said it's not a skin problem, it's a sin issue. It's a sin issue. Sin is the root, but it's shown through the springs of skin. It's shown through the springs of our economic um, uh, our earnings and our accumulation of career occupations. But I really think if we, if we are straightforward with the truth of the gospel and we're able to say this is the true picture of Christ being crucified in our life, that I can love you and with your skin color and I can acknowledge the differences. Because mm -hmm. if we don't acknowledge people's differences, we want to be colorblind. The church isn't colorblind. Right. The beauty of the church is its diversity, its interracialism. Right. It's not in its, well, I don't see color. What We're covered under the blood, but I still see your diversities. I yeah. see your experiences Amen. from your the church, The church is the, the place where, you know, people from all over the world come together to worship the same God. Yeah. You know, I've been talking about being colorblind and a lot of times when out of good intentions, people are like, I don't see color, I see my brother. Right. Which in principle, yeah, you could say is true, but then people will say, so are you asking people to like forget about or disvalue their history, no, their family, yeah. the color of their skin, where they mm -hmm. come from. Yeah. And no, we're supposed to actually learn from and celebrate right. all of the differences. Embracing. Yes. Embrace it, welcome it, celebrate it, and learn from each other. I mean, that how, how else are you going to become a stronger people? Right. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you can't have a multicultural body and say, all right, now we're just going to worship the way that uh, the Japanese do it. Right, right. right? Or we're going to worship the, the way that the whites or the blacks do it. Right. right. It's, it's you have to embrace and celebrate the diversity. Yes. That's that's the beauty of it. The picture in Revelation mm -hmm. around the throne is people from every tribe, yes. tongue, everyone. language, nation, everyone <laughs> praising Amen. God. So when we actually if when we see that happening on earth, that, that's a foretaste yeah. of what's to come for all eternity. Amen. So we that should be our goal. Amen. And like you said about not preaching the full gospel, I mean the the churches that don't get it. It, it's almost mind-boggling that they don't get it. Think about just the very basics, mm -hmm. the very basics of the gospel. All human beings made in the image of God. Right. All, mm -hmm. right? All made in the image of God. All have the same problem. Mm -hmm. Sin. Sin. All Sin. have the same problem. All mm -hmm. need the same Savior. All Christians are saved by the same Savior, and all Christians have the same Spirit living in them. 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one spirit, regardless of where you came from. Mm -hmm. That's the simple message of the gospel. And we, in these times, do when we preach it, need to be clear about it. So you heard that? You need to be clear about it. Clear about it. When you go. teach and preach, you got to be clear about it. So we're, we're not saying that we're going to ignore or we're not embracing where one comes from, you know, backgrounds. You know, me being Latin, you know, we have a Hispanic background. We, you know, we celebrate with our food, our cultural ways, you know. Um, same thing with my brothers here, you know. Where are you from, actually? By I love being Italian. He's you know? Italian. <laughs> yes. I love my chicken parm, man. Yeah. I love it too. Yeah, we love it. We love it. We love it. <laughs> what about you, Terrell? Like, what's your heritage background? Like, where country? Wow. <laughs> but we want to embrace it from the beach, man. You know. Stem roots, man. You know, uh, family. You know, from Africa, of course, and uh, you know, uh, throughout history, you know, uh, you know, everybody knows the American history of what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and when you you pump it up to uh, 2000 or 20, you know, my my grandfather he came from uh, North Carolina. My grandmother, you know, she uh, her family came from uh, Ohio at one point. And so I had a conversation with my father, and I said, "Well, yo, what, what made?" The family moved from Alabama to Connecticut. He basically said there was a there was a racial situation that happened with um, with uh, his grandfather, and the situation got violent. So he had, they had to get my grand my uh, his grandfather out of town, and then they actually the racist mob actually attacked my uh, my uh, father's grandfather's house. Wow! And then you know they had to get um, my father's grandmother out of there with the rest of the kids you wow. know? and that's what led them to come up to Connecticut wow. you know what I mean and I was like I was like wow you know but it's like you know sometimes people they look at even the protesting and what's going on and this is why I always tell people you know the church has to connect with the people that are protesting because you have some people that are out there they're angry you have some people you know what their family has gone through. These are stories that have been passed down, passed down, passed down. Right. It's generational hurt, you know. And then certain things that have happened to them that have been racist uh, or injustice, you know, these are acts that's just building up, building up, building up. And so it's like we're at a point where we've never been at in America history, never before. You know, everybody's actually speaking about injustice. Everybody's speaking about racism at one time. Shh, you had to be quiet about it. Listen, please don't talk about it. You understand right. what I'm saying? We don't, because we, it's a touchy, it's a touchy topic. But there's a lot of people that are that have been uh, forced to be quiet about the topic. And there's a lot of people that need to actually open up and express so there can be healing. And, and the church is the right. greatest place to get healing from. Right, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You yeah. said something powerful. Not just speaking against the protest, mm -hmm. but speaking up to be, to be healed. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's another act we have to break the silence. Yeah. Um, I think just standing pat right now is not enough. Mm -hmm. um, Right now is a very critical. It's, this year has been very prophetic and historical for a number of reasons. Many, many things. But it's the main fact. Okay, Jesus Christ is coming back, and He's preparing Himself. He's preparing the bride mm. for the rapture. But He's also preparing the people that are on the fringes, on the bubble. They're like the five fools virgins. They don't know what's going on. They have no oil in their lamps. So it's coming to a point now where okay, we can't be silent. Uh, and not only now be silent, but we got to be relevant more than ever. 
because things have changed and we can't go back to the way church used to be. We can't go back to the way things used to do, how we used to do it. New wine has to be put into new wineskins. Wow. I think this has caused people to, okay, you know what? I have to I have to change the way I was doing things because having the same type of service is not drawing people. And then there's people who are hurting at this very hour, lost, and like, I don't know what to do. People who were in the church, door charges shut down, and like, you know what? Because I don't feel that connection with the church, I'm just going my own way. Instead of like, you know, I'm anchored to Christ. I'm yoked to the cross. That means nothing can set me from your love. And now because I'm silent, I'm seeing all this injustice. And not only that, but my ancestors. And even people who may be on the other side, right? They're like, okay, well, my ancestors may have did this to your ancestors. How can we reconcile this so generations can see that there's been a change right now? Because yeah. I don't, one thing I, I disagree with, I don't think that um, any any person in Caucasian should be bound down to somebody else. Because it's, I, don't, I don't need needs from you. Let's stand together. And not just stand together for a cause. Stand together for the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know who the Lord is, because we can agree on this right here. But can we can we agree on the same thing coming after this? Because now coming after this is wow. LGBTQ. Because somebody's always watching a movement to see it's going to open up the door for others. Right. So we agree on Black Lives Matter. But can we agree? Are we going to be agree or are we going to have division when it comes to LGBTQ rights? Right. And, and things of that nature on political stances. And I even talked about, you know, what's the difference between prophets and patriots? Patriots are tied to their flag, and they're willing to die for their country. Their king is Caesar. Prophets, we know that our Lord is the king, Christ. We're attached to the cross, and there's that divide right there. It's not just color. It's politics. It's an election year, yeah. and people are divided. Well, you know what? It's the right or the left. No, it's none of that. West all about the way. There's an enemy behind the scenes. But if everybody's looking at color, everybody's looking at the American flag, everybody's looking at uh, yep. constitutions, we're missing the battle, and all we're doing is fighting. We're going to be able to fight with one another over a cause. Yeah. It becomes cause-related instead of what the actual issue is. Yeah. Sin and who's ultimately Lord of our life. Yeah, that's really good. And actually, you just confirmed the, the next thought that was going to come to mind. Uh, we're not ignoring the facts of what history has said. We're not ignoring the facts of what's going on in the world. But when you become saved again right i believe we we gain a, a spiritual scene we be, we get a, a sound understanding and it becomes and we, like it says in ephesians it doesn't that the it war it's right yeah it the war is not a flesh and blood it's it's, it's it's not a flesh and blood it's a spiritual warfare mm-hmm. so we understand it's a spiritual thing and we all know that in every race and every culture everyone's dealing with something spiritually mm-hmm. You know, and the world, like you were just saying, if we could agree on Black Lives Matter, but, you know, now with the homosexuality movement or a political movement or or whatever movement it is, it becomes now just an agenda. And it becomes with strings attached. See, the mm-hmm. world says, I will love you only if you love me. Mm-hmm. But when we come to Christ, we say, love your enemies. Yeah. You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love. Love, love, no matter what, you know, so in Christ is unconditional and that's what the standards, we want to raise a standard because if we don't have a standard that is being risen and it's, and it's coming from the word of God, Amen. then it just comes an agenda, it comes with, you know, strings attached, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. So we're here to say that we're not ignoring what is going on, but we want a standard to be taking up even higher, especially in the body. Mm-hmm. We cannot jeopardize, we cannot play with the time that we have left because we don't know when the when the Messiah is coming back, but we will know by the times and by the signs and by the seasons. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. So this is not a time to be playing with grace. Yeah. 
This is not a time to be going backwards. We're supposed to be moving forward mm -hmm. as a body. You know, so this is something for for the Christians that have fallen back a little bit. We're saying, no, we're here today to uphold the standard of what God wants us to do and carry out. And it's our cross. Absolutely. You know, so I just want to um, also touch up on, you know, like um, some experiences and things that, you know, you we personally been seeing or what confirmation the Lord has been you know, giving us uh, individually, right? As as to like what's going on right now. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Uh, I, a great thing coming out of this one is churches and all all over the country and all over the world now are actually having the conversation about standing up for justice and standing up against injustice mm -hmm. because for generations, especially the American church, has really you know bought into the 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 separation of church and state mm -hmm. right we we don't deal with stuff like this because it's political and the church has nothing to do with that we've bought into that for so long to where like have you never read the prophets no. <laughs> no, no, no. Have, have, have you have you never read the prophets you said you are neglecting justice you're abandoning the widow you trample the poor <laughs> like have you never read that no. it, right jesus proclaimed a kingdom yes he said that he's a king okay yes. so to say that i'm the king the kingdom of god is here that's a direct challenge to caesar Mm -hmm. wow. It's very political. Jesus got challenged about paying taxes to Caesar, right? It was it was incredibly political. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we ought to challenge uh, ungodly systems. Mm -hmm. We ought to challenge them. We ought to hold them accountable, right? Mm -hmm. We want to seek after justice. And seeing churches rise up and start to take that seriously is awesome. Um, at, at Word Alive on Sunday after service... Uh, Pastor Artie is hosting a interdenominational conversation with the mayor of Norwalk is coming. And I forget what particular organization it is. It's kind of an interdenominational evangelistic kind of council thing. It's primarily African American. Mm -hmm. But we're hosting it to actually sit down and have the conversation with all of the African Sunday at Word Alive after service. Sunday at Word Alive. I, 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 in no, the area, come I, in. No, I can't even be there. I, I, I'm not even going to be there. It's a very tight-knit, closed conversation. Oh, it's not open to the public. It's not open to the Sorry public. Sorry about that. It's, it's, don't go. Don't go. <laughs> don't go. But what's awesome is with the mayor and senators and the police chief, the all the clergy Amen. of all the African-American churches and Word Alive, we're actually sitting down and having the conversation, talking about how we can move forward together. So like just to see that things like that are finally happening, it's been long overdue. It's a big encouragement to me. Hey, but maybe we can fellowship in the parking lot. Sure. And we can pray outside. Sure. Right, that would be a good idea. So come, but let's pray in the parking lot and, let, <laughs> and, let, and let's pray for the for the uh, for the host to come down, the Holy Spirit to come down, angels to camp around, yeah. and let it be a divine understanding. And it's major. You just said the mayor of Norwalk is going to sit down with different churches and people of all different color, which is actually something new. Uh, because um, I believe uh, the mayor of Norwalk, he was at one point, wasn't he the chief of police um, of the police department? And um, and it was around those times, uh, there was a lot of, uh, I, I believe, he was, there was a lot of injustice early 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, even I myself, you know, uh, experienced that a lot. So to see the progression um, in that, that's just, I know for me, I'm seeing that that's God's hand in it. Amen. You know, that, that, 
the body is being first. Mm-hmm. We're called to be the head, not the tail. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just good to see too, you know, as much people of the world or even in the body want to get backlash on, it's good that I know and I'm seeing that even our president, um, he's surrounded by evangelicals. Mm-hmm. You know, that he's taking advice from the church. You know, at the end of the day, he has a, a decision to make and whether if it's against what they said or or his own will or, you know, what they say. But the fact that he's even implementing that, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just for me encouraging because it's like, wow, you know, these prophecies that were said before he was even in office and everything I've heard from like Prophet Kim Clement. Um, he prophesied that Trump was going to be in office and that mm-hmm. he was going to be not a praying man when he walks in, but he was going to do the will of God and then he will become a praying man, mm-hmm. you know. So I, to see even the progression in that, you know, you still got to deal with some things, of course, you know, where mm-hmm. the, the flaws of sin and human and pride, you know, some of the things that are still there. But, you know, you, you tell me what prophet in the Bible was 100 percent righteous. What person that even Christ chose was 100% righteous, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's good that we even have a Bible, a book that we can actually relate to the people who are inside mm-hmm. because God will choose people who are unlikely qualified right. mm-hmm. and then qualify them. Mm-hmm. Amen. So I'm just, I'm just, that's what I'm seeing. I'm glad that that's what the progression, even in our own cities, mm-hmm. you know, I, I believe in Waterbury, they, now they're doing more prayer. Rallies, yeah. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, there's been a lot going on in Waterbury. A lot of uh, different pastors, uh, even certain people who aren't pastors. You know, God has given them the heart to, um, you know, um, just have prayer rallies and uh, doing praise and worship and prayer. You know, it's just been so awesome. It's just been so powerful because we have what I've been seeing in Waterbury is that. God is really taking down. He, he's really taking down the gates, the walls of the of a, a denomination because denomination has to come down because um, a lot of people. I, I always look at it like this: the full gospel has to be preached. It doesn't matter what you put in your notes or which that's in your bylaws. If it's not lining up to the gospel, basically you're not giving people the truth. You understand what I'm saying? And so what I'm saying, you know, there's walls that are coming down and certain churches are actually connecting with certain churches and certain people who haven't even been connecting with one another. And I think, you know, this is the true story of the gospel of, like I said, the cross brings every culture, every denomination together. The day of Pentecost, there was so many different cultures and uh, people that were affected by the move of the Holy Spirit. And this is what God wants to do. He wants his spirit to move on the earth. So what I'm seeing in Waterbury is awesome. And uh, even uh, one of the events, they had the chief of police speak. And it, it was pretty cool because, um, you know, awesome. we, the, the church has to, you know, what has happened is for so long, the church has stayed on the outcourts. The church has not been relevant what's been going on in today's time. And this is what has pushed people so far away from the church. I know how it is to be harassed by a police officer. Yeah, he didn't do nothing. Yeah. I know how it is to walk in a room and feel racism. And you're like, oh, word, I thought it was. And then it's like, okay. So growing up as a young man, you know, I got taught to move, operate a certain way. How to face certain people that I knew they would treat me with injustice or treat me a certain way just because of my skin color. But I had, 
I had to learn how to operate as a young man. And even in the African-American communities, th these are certain things that we get to don't care. End of the day, you know, we have to learn how to connect with other generations and other uh, nationalities, groups of people. And I really believe what God is doing right now is he, he, he's, he's exposing that the church at some point has dropped the ball from actually facing injustice because it's sad because it's like we need a we need something for George Floyd something to happen where churches are actually gonna now speak against injustice when injustice been there all the time where were you at you know before the George Floyd incident stuff like this has been exactly. going we on. bought into that idea that exactly. this doesn't concern us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right you know like we're just private individualistic we're the church we're separate from political issues we're just gonna stay inside and do our own thing mm -hmm. right. and you neglect what's actually happening yeah. in the world and like you said you become irrelevant I think Martin Luther, Martin Luther King said that the, if the church stays down this path that was even happening in the 60s, exactly. you're just going to become a Christian social club that gathers on Sundays mm -hmm. and you have, you'll have absolutely nothing to contribute to society. And that's what's happened. And, and it's crazy because right. we're at a point where the church should be leading the states. Right. The states, but the church should be leading the states. But what has happened uh, before everything has happened, the church has been following the state. The church has been following the way the nation is going. And that's why we've seen so much, you know, uh, stuff going on in the church that shouldn't even been going on there. But what the church has been trying to do in certain cases is trying to keep up with the world, trying to keep up with the world and not following God. Mm -hmm. And so instead I, of leading the charge for injustice, that's exactly what I'm saying, which should have been happening. The church should have always kept their, their, their foot on the post of injustice. They should have always kept their foot on the post of racism. And it, it got so bad where it's embedded in our laws and society. That's like 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 we were talking about redlining. We were talking about uh, before how real like, estate, real estate, or we were even talking like um, like uh, you know just to break it down in the layman terms. Like uh, if you guys are all Chinese and you come to my bank, right? I don't like Chinese people. You understand what I'm saying? No, no, I love Chinese people. Just put it like this: you guys are all Chinese. I love yeah, Chinese people. Yeah. I got a wife that's Chinese. But within the laws, within the bank policies, within the, the way my job description is, even though I love Chinese people, you understand what I'm saying? I got a Chinese wife. Check this out. The bank policy and procedures of how I'm going to handle you guys when you come in is all established on racism. I might not be racist and I might not, uh, I, I hate injustice, but the way for me to do my job, to go through the policies, I've actually been handed something that shows you guys racism. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing my job and I'm not even thinking about it. The way and condition I'm doing my job is actually showing racism right. and injustice to you guys. And that's what has happened because the church has kept their foot off the post. So many things behind the scenes have gone on. And you talk about from buying property, you talk about from uh, the way they, they went into school systems and uh, in, in urban societies and um, basically took the school curriculum and brought it down. They took factories that were in city urban environments where a majority of where a majority of minorities lived, took them out. Like in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, you know, some black people would get harassed if they're in some suburbs. So why would I go work in the suburbs when I'm going to go get harassed out there? I'll just stay here. But guess what? The jobs, the jobs aren't here. Yeah. The jobs aren't there no more. Put my kid into school. 
Oh, wow, they changed the school curriculum. My school, my son is graduating high school and can't read. You understand what I'm saying? So because the church has been so busy following the world, trying to keep up with the world, they have lost it. Certain parts of the church, they have not keep their hand on the pulse of racism and injustice, and they let all this unrighteousness flood in. Yeah, you know what I mean, and, it, and, it, and it's sad. Yeah, you know, because like you said, like where are we gonna go from here? Mm-hmm. Like we can agree, but where are we gonna go? Because I believe at the end of the day, God wants to see change. Every time there was a social movement, you know, it needed it needed engaged individuals. It needed uh, political change of policy. In a political advantage, and it also needed a change of infrastructure. One thing I can say in the Bible, when God told Moses, yo, I need you to go to Egypt and set my people go, there wasn't a deep engagement of individuals speaking their hearts and minds. God came to Moses and said, speak. There wasn't political changes that were going to happen in Egypt so the children of Israel can be free. There wasn't a uh, certain infrastructure and law, policy, property, land that was going to change for for this political agenda to move so the so uh, so the people of Israel can be free. No, God moved by His Spirit so the children of Israel could be free. So the people of God, we just can't flag the president. We just can't flag the government. You know, if you're really truthful about seeing a change of God happen. We have to pray. We got to get on our knees and we really have to do our job because without without God, what are we? We're irrelevant. We're not seasoned. We're not sought in the earth. And for all of us to come together as brothers and sisters of Christ, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. But the church has to be real. The church has to face this issue, keep their foot on the post and, and kill the post of racism, kill the post of injustice. If you work somewhere, why do you think some of these officers, this is what got me, some of these officers actually quit their jobs. Mm-hmm. Some of these yeah. officers, why, why, are, why are groups of officers are walking away from their job? We're seated in heavenly places with Christ. We're raised from there. He's made us alive in him who are dead in trespasses and sins. And that is the key to our transformed life. When we're able to worship together and we understand that who we worship, he's holy, he's worthy, and that he's also given us everlasting life, it changed the whole dynamic of our life living down here. It becomes more than just, I want my mansion here. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. If we're not so, I would have told you so. The whole aspect is people have lost sight of eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And all we're preaching is get your best life now. You know I disagree with that? Your best life now. <laughs> and not realizing that some people may not live their best life now. Stephen was martyred. You think he was living his best life now? <laughs> he got stoned. They said, oh, here's your reward, Stephen, for preaching the gospel, being a witness. All the which he said. Oh, and that's something the Lord told me. He said, when you get called, it's to the point of death. There's no retirement plan with it. We're not going to sit back and say, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. My work is finished. Mm-hmm. Jesus died saying it is finished. He died on duty. He died on the job. So the aspect of the gospel changes the whole scope of life, changes the whole scope of how we live, how we interact. You know, I love to be able to connect with people of different ethnicities because, like, look, show me your experience. How do you worship? Like, I want to see interracial uh, culture, congregation. Sure. That you said there's no racism. Hey, I love to see that because I'm going to show people that it is true. It is it's able to be done. Oh, I see. Well, I told him, I said, if you see a white person coming here, you like, what are you doing here? And that should not be so. Yeah, it's crazy. It should be so. It's crazy, man. It's yo. I think it's even funny too that God embraces culture 
and he he loves different nations and stuff because in the scripture mm -hmm. when when the uh, disciples were all in the upper room and they started to speak in tongues right mm -hmm. and they came out and people thought they were drunk until some of the men said hey they're speaking my native language exactly you know so i think even with that it was like god embraces uh different languages and different culture he loves it but it was the amazing part out of it that they came they were in christ mm. you know Yeah, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to Christ is my culture. Live bold, live love, and embrace your creator. Listen, I just want to tell you this. Love, the love of God is the only thing that can conquer fear, injustice, racism. Check this out. A lot of people we look at throughout the day, they, they're going to be a different color than us, different culture than us, but we have to be able to embrace them with the love of God. And I just want to encourage you guys, Heavenly Father, God, I just pray all those who are listening to this message that you touch them, you cover them, God, and fill them with the love of God in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We come against stereotype, racism, injustice, and God, fill our hearts, God, with your love so we know how to love you and we know how to love our neighbor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys stay in tune. Part two next week.